Well, again, good morning to you. We're in a series with Psalms and walking through this amazing book to learn more about what God desires of us because we recognize that what, what we breathe in impacts our own heart, but what we breathe out impacts those around us. Uh, we even have a memory verse for this summer, and I want to make sure that you don't forget what that is, so we're going to throw that on the screen because it's Psalm 1611. Will you go ahead and read this with me now? Let's go ahead and read this. Ready? Wonderful. So I hope that you're memorizing that because it points us to recognizing. It lets us know that he does make known to us the path of life. We recognize where fullness of joy really comes from. We get to breathe that in. We get to process that. And we also are able to recognize that it's at his right hand where we have pleasures forevermore. And so please take time to just keep reading that over and over. Whenever you allow your heart to really absorb scripture in that way, where it can just come to mind, it'll help your life. It'll impact your life significantly because that's the power of the word of God. And as we keep walking through the Psalms, and we're obviously not hitting all of them, but as we keep walking through them, today we come to Psalm 101. Psalm 101, I would love for you to be able to go ahead and open up the Word of God. If you don't have a Bible uh, either with you or even if you just don't have one, there are several on carts throughout. We invite, that's a gift to you. Take it. If you have a couple of friends who don't have a Bible, take a couple of them. Give those away to them. Uh, we want to make sure that everybody who uh, can, can have the Word of God right in front of them. But go ahead and open up to Psalm 101. Psalms 101, go right to the middle of the Bible and open it up. There it is. It's right there. Um, Psalms is right there in the middle. Old Testament is part of the wisdom literature that we have from God that we get to walk into and really learn about who he is desiring for us to be. So as we look at Psalm 101 today, it's, it's a lot to do with integrity. It's a lot to do with discipline. Primarily, you're going to hear that word, not only discipline, but integrity a lot. Because this is one of the Psalms that is written by David. David wrote about half the Psalms. You already know that. Um, we don't know who wrote some of them, but this one is right here with David. And we're able to look at this, and it's this vow that he's making to God in order to lead, to, to lead the charge of his family, to lead the kingdom. Remember, David is what? He's the king. So it's pretty significant to recognize that here's David who's had this adventurous life, who certainly knows in seasons, what it is to be committed to God. In other seasons, he knows what it is to deny God and to turn away from God. And now he's come to that place in his life where he's going, you know what, I, I know who God is, and I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that I'm chasing after him, getting to know him more and more and more. Because the more he recognized who God was, the more in love he was. Right? That's what happened when I met my wife. When I first saw her, I can tell you the room that I was in. She walked up to me. She said, you're incredibly handsome. And I said, well, thank you. It's, you're rude, you know. <laughs> no, I did. I remember her walking up and I saw her and I was like, wow, okay. Um, and, uh, and so the next day I asked her to lunch. And, um, and I got to know her. And I was like, man, it would be great to get to know her more. I got to know her more. And then I wanted to spend even more time with her. And then I got to know her more, and I wanted to spend even more time. It's the same with God. The more you get to know God, the more you understand who God is, the more time you want to spend with him. 
My concern for a lot of people is that they don't have a desire to know God. And so my, my goal in life, my desire isn't to make you follow some habits that you really don't want to do. Read the Bible or pray. My job is to help you understand and have a greater view of who God is because if that happens, you will want to read the Bible and spend time in prayer. And my concern is too many of us aren't really knowing and fully understanding who God is. We've stopped short of that. We just want the jewelry that we see, which is, oh, I get eternal life. And there's so much more to it. And so hopefully today, you'll be able to evaluate what your real understanding of who God is, because if it's proper, if it's, if it's good, then you're going to want to chase after God more. And I think that's what's been happening with David. David throughout his life, through good decisions and also really bad decisions, has been seeing more of who God is, and as a result, he's now making a vow. He's making a commitment. He's making a pledge to walk, to live a life of discipline, a life of integrity. And he's willing to breathe God in in that way. And so here he is. And he begins in Psalm 101, verse 1. It's only eight verses. We're just going to walk through it. All right? And it says this. It says, I will sing of steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I will make music. Have you noticed the theme with a lot of the Psalms? Is that they often, not all, but they often begin with talking about how they're going to praise God. It's their appropriate response. That's why I say, no matter what's happening in your life, Good, bad, difficult, hurtful, it doesn't matter what it is. A good place to start with God is praising him, worshiping him. And so here comes David, and he begins in that very way. He says, I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. He's choosing to do this. It's one of the popular words in Hebrew, hesed, or chesed. Is what you would say, right? We, that's one of those Hebrew words that we would often hear. Not as much as like a Yahweh identifying who the Lord is, but it's talking about that steadfast love of God. It's talking about, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to make sure that I always declare his steadfast love. It's used roughly 250 times to talk about the steadfast love of God through Scripture. When anything is mentioned that many times, you go, oh, wow, his love is steadfast. His love does endure. His love will last. And he's calling that out for us to be reminded of the greatness of who God is. It continues on in verse 2. It says, I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I want you to do me a favor. Grab a pen or a pencil. And I'm going to give you some other words that would be very similar in the original language to ponder. Because ponder is a confusing word, not in terms of definition, but in terms of being able to isolate and really define what that's going to mean for us. And you can write it there in your Bible if you do that. If not, just write on the back of the notes. But other words that would be similar to that very idea of pondering is to study. I will study. Another would be I will walk in. So I will study or I will walk in or I will pay attention to. So hopefully that gives you some clarity in terms of what he's really trying to communicate. He's saying, listen, I'm going to praise. I will praise the Lord. His steadfast love, it endures forever. And because I recognize that, if you recognize verse 1, then you're going to have the diligence, right, to ponder, to pay attention to, to study, to walk in the way that is blameless. You're going to have a desire. Now notice what comes first, recognition of who God 
is. And then as a result of recognizing the greatness of who God is, your habits want to follow that. The intentionality that you have in life, it wants to follow that. It wants to be able to chase what is blameless and what is godly. And so we make that decision for ourselves. We, we we're able to process that and we tell us, oh God, when will you come to me? It, it points to this, this question there in verse 2, points to the fact that David's got stuff going on too in his own home. But he's still, even though he's got stuff going on, he's still going to worship God. He's still going to try to pay attention to everything that's blameless. But he's still asking God to come on his behalf to, to, to help him. And he's declaring right then, regardless, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. And I love this passage. I was able to lead, as many of you already know, a class for about 30 men this last winter spring on Wednesday nights. And we're always coming in there and it was like this every single week. Lots of push-ups, lots of calling out scripture. And they had to memorize Psalm 101, 1 through 4. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about Psalm 101, 1 through 4 as being something that you pledge to do no matter what. Like it's that conviction in your gut, in your soul that you're choosing to live by. I will walk with integrity in my house, in my home. I will do that. Yes, I need the Lord to come to me. There's struggles. There's difficulties. I need God to come to me. But I will praise his name. I will pay attention to what is blameless. And I will make sure at all times that I will walk with integrity of heart within my home. He's pledging to do this. That's what David is doing. Promising to conduct himself with honesty and uprightness. He's promising to follow that way. To say, this is how I will live. Verse 3, he continues on. He says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Another translation when it says, I will not set before my eyes anything. I won't even consider is what it would say. I won't even consider anything that is worthless. Here's another way of saying it. I'm not going to consider anything that I know isn't going to push me or propel me toward God. Right? We're always making decisions in our own personal lives and we're having to go, okay, is this something I should do or is this something I should not do? And David's coming in and he's saying, I'm not going to even consider something that isn't pushing me toward God. So if you, if you have that in your mind, that question of, I wonder if this is pushing me toward God, don't even, and you have to ask yourself, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out, the, the answer probably is, you know what, it's probably not going to propel you, push you, prod you toward God. So don't even consider it. Don't consider that in your own life. And that's, that's what he's communicating here. He's letting us know, I'm not going to set my eyes before anything that is worthless. Just don't do it. I mean, one of the things I speak about often because it's such a struggle, let's admit it, is pornography and lust. Be enough of a man, enough of a woman to have accountability with those things. Uh, last week, um, I had the opportunity to go to Texas for a memorial service. One of my closest friends, he's been here to worship with us. He's from Connecticut. His father had passed away. And so I was able to go down there and to be with that family for a couple of days. And it was a wonderful opportunity. 
Um, we're walking. We're in the middle of Texas, and we are not in Dallas. We're in a town called Chico. There is such a place. I, I thought that's where they made the gum. You know the one I'm talking about? It's not. Population 1,002. They are proud of their 1,002. My buddy said he grew up there 35 years ago, and the population was almost 800. So the growth has been massive. And we're walking. I'm trying to talk to even some of you at different times. And I had to st- stand in certain places because we're in the middle of nowhere. And I had to walk out to the dirt road that we were on and stand like this to talk on the phone. And we're out there, middle of nowhere. I'm watching for rattlesnakes everywhere I go. Um, and then my buddy comes out and we take a walk. And as we're taking a walk, um, as we talk about his father, the impact that his father had on his life, you know what else we talked about, right? How are you doing? How's your marriage? What, what are you looking at right now? Right? This is, this is normal conversation for us. What are you looking at right now? Your eyes clean? He knows what I mean by that. He goes, you know, they are. Like God's just ripped out any desire to look at anything other than my wife. How are your eyes? I'm like, mine are good. Like, and we're honest with each other. We've, we've had the conversations of going, they're struggling right now. And here's David. He's letting us know. He's letting us know, I'm not going to look at anything that's worthless. I'm not going to set my eyes before anything that is worthless. Nothing. He's not going to make exception. He's not going to bend that rule and go, well, that's only kind of bad. Some of us need to evaluate what we're looking at. Some of us need to make a choice in our life to, to recalibrate where our eyes go to. It's a big question for us. Where have we set our eyes? Do we need to adjust where our eyes are looking? And some of, for some of you, you need to have the, the courage to say, you know what, I do. I, I need to evaluate that because it's not right. It's not what God wants for me. And you need to remember who's saying this. This is David. You ever heard of Bathsheba? Here's someone who's learned. And said, I'm not going to do it anymore. I've seen both sides of it and it's not worth it. And so he's making that choice. And he said, this is, I, I hate the work of those who fall away I hate the work of those who tempt me, who are trying to pull me along with them. Who tell me, oh, it's not that bad. And he says, it shall not cling to me. I'm not going to let it have hold. I'm not going to let it take hold of my life. But I'm going to run from it. He's saying, you know what, I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to get distracted. Verse 4, he says, a perverse heart shall be far from me. Now, there with heart, you can also write the word thought, a perverse thought, a perverse heart, right? Because our thoughts come from our heart and what they desire. A perverse thought is not going to be close to me. I'm going to be, it's going to be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. No wonder. The struggles we have in life, we always will because we are sinners. And uh, it's just idolatry. Idolatry uh, is something that's very w- real, and it keeps us from 
who Christ is desiring, is desiring for us to be. Where we're chasing after things in life that mean more to us than Christ. You know, I, I think about David. Here's David writing this. And one of the reasons he's able to write this right now is because he knows what it is to have idolatry in his life. And to, at different times in his life, he would chase things that mattered to him more than God. We've been there before. We've all been there before. Where you're chasing something that matters more to you than God does. And as a result of that, it's really gotten him in a lot of trouble. I mean, he's walked through a lot of difficulty because of idolatry. Of, that's what idolatry is. You go, oh, I don't have any idols. Oh my goodness, yes we do. Of where something matters more to you than God does. And it matters too much to you. And so it leads down these paths where you are getting into trouble and you're going, wow, what's taking place here? He's saying, you know what, I'm going to know nothing of that evil though. And here, here's one of the ways, um, the struggles I think David recognized is, I think David knew what it was to have struggles in his own life. And instead of trying to run away from them, he just chose to try to ignore them. Now, I want to explain the difference between the two. And that's a big question. Do we ignore the evil around us or do we flee from it? Because he says, I will know nothing of evil. Do we ignore the evil around us or do we flee from it? And do we understand the difference? Um, we all know by the way that I speak, I did not grow up in West Michigan. Um, I, um, I say y'all sometimes. I say different languages like that. Um, sometimes I put a preposition on the end of a sentence which drives some of you crazy. It's just the way I was raised. It does not eliminate me from knowing God. Um, that is a good thing. Another thing by being from the South that I learned, though, is that you just deal with mosquitoes in a different way. Like, you don't here in Michigan, you don't really have mosquitoes. You have little bugs. I mean, they are mosquitoes, but they're babies. They, they really are. Mosquitoes in the South eat children. Um, I am not. Like, when you see them, like, they're massive. Okay, that's an exaggeration, but they're big, and you can see they're red right now, and you know that's from your blood. It's kind of like sitting out there and going, you know what, the mosquitoes are eating me alive, and so you just keep doing this for hours on end, right? Knowing what, and you're doing this, and then you hit your spouse beside you, and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, and they have a bloody nose. These things have happened to me. And so you just keep doing that. Instead of doing what? At least getting up and putting on some bug spray. Like what we do is we just kind of ignore it. Yeah, we're swatting it away a little bit, but that's how we handle sin a lot of times. We just kind of like, ah, uh, but we don't really do anything about it. We just kind of ignore it. Knowing that tomorrow morning, you're going to look like a hot air balloon because of all the mosquito bites that you just got. And we just kind of keep swatting. There are sins in our life. There's evil in our life. Evil that we, we're just kind of swatting around a little bit, but we're not really doing anything about. Guys, do something about it. Know the difference between ignoring it and fleeing from it. You know what? Fleeing from it means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn away from it, and I'm going to run. And if anything, I'm going to get some bug spray out, and I'm going to start doing something about it. I'm not, I'm not going to let it just sit there. I'm not going to let it just sit there. I'm going to have the conversations I need to have with people in my life. 
I'm going to make sure. I'm, and what's, that, what's that evil for you? What's that sin in your own life? Then instead of, instead of ignoring it, you need to really do something about it. You need to flee from it. And right now, just sit with it. You know what it is. For some of you, you've made excuses for years of why you won't pray with your spouse out loud. For some of you, you've made excuses of why you can cheat on your taxes or why you can take things from the office because they don't compensate you well enough. Everything you do says something about you. That's why, right, I've, been, I've, been, I've gone to Panera many times. You grab a drink, you go, you go, I just want water. They know when you get Sprite, people. There's fuzzy little bubbles all in it, right? And so you go, you know, I, you know, I do want Sprite. And so you let your children see you walk back to the cash register and say, you know what, I decided to go ahead and get a beverage. I need to pay for that. It matters. It matters. It's called integrity. And because David recognized who God really was, he's going, I'm going to be a person of integrity no matter what. I'm not only, not only am I going to ignore the evil around me, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to flee from it. And if I can't run far enough, I'm getting the bug spray out. I'm going to do something about it. He says, whoever, in verse 5, whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever Now, remember, this is the king. <laughs> this is the king. And he says, whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. If you treat others wrongly, you better watch out. Like he's like, listen, if you want to speak negative of someone, I'm doing something about it. If you want to slander someone, you better get ready. Right? This last week, someone was saying something, and um, they were speaking to me, and that my kids were right there, a couple of them. And uh, the guy walked away, and they said, what do you think about what he said? One of my kids did. And I said, well, you got to be careful about trusting some people. And they said, why do you say that? I said, because if someone is willing to speak negative of someone to me, it's only time before they speak negative of me. Does that make sense? Did I say that properly? If someone is willing to speak negative to me about someone, it's only time before they speak negative of me to someone else. That's the way it works. And here comes David, and he says, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. He's, he, he says it. Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, meaning whoever doesn't have the courage, if you have a biblical issue with someone, to actually cope with it and to deal with it, I'm going to destroy them. Wow. I mean, that seems a little aggressive, doesn't it? He says, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. He's going to look for faithful people to serve alongside of him. Those who are blameless. He tells us more. He says, I will look with favor on the faithful. Another word for faithful there is the honest. All right? It tells us that in verse 6. I will look with favor on the faithful. I will look with favor on the honest in the land. I will look with favor on the ones with integrity in the land. 
that they may dwell with me. And he who walks in the way that is blameless, those are the ones that will minister to me. Those are the ones that I'm going to let close. Those are the ones that I'm going to let, to let speak to my heart. And again, some of you may go, why do I want to do this? Well, the more you understand who God is, the more you want to follow in his ways and be blameless. You want to live as what David is speaking about right now. He tells us in verse 7 and 8, he says, No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. I want to stop right there. And you can just leave the passage, uh, a scripture up there, please. But for me, one of the things I think I recognize with David, remember, here he is, he's the king. He's made a lot of decisions in his life, some really good and some really bad. And one of, one of the, the things I'm picking up from this passage that I think is being carried through the words is that, you know what? I've made too little of sin in my life for way too long, no more. Right? He says, no one who practices deceit. Like some of us go, hey, you've been deceptive. I, uh, just don't do it again. Or, or it's even different than that. He says, no one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Those are things, deceit, lies. There's certain sins that we really make light of, aren't there? And that's often lying is one of them. Well, everybody lies. Someone recently told me that. Well, everybody lies. Oh, wow. And I'm going, don't you know, I just studied Psalm 101. I think David recognized it. For far too long, he made too small of a deal about the sin in his life. For far too long, he thought it was okay to even go get the Sprite when he only ordered water. Here's God. They're Satan. Remember? And Satan has won when you're willing to do this. Not sprint over there. He's won when you're willing just to take one small step toward him. Because next time, you know what? The step gets easier. Instead of, it's, and then it's, ha. I think David, and it's what we need to learn from, friends. I think David is going, you know what? I've learned that, you know, those small steps add up. I'm learning that, you know what? I, I got to stop minimalizing all of the sin in my life, whether it's lying or deception. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm not going to keep hanging out with that because it's pulling me towards something that I don't want to be pulled toward. I want to run toward God. I want to know what is blameless, what is pure, what is righteous. And we have to make that decision. And the only way you're really going to make that decision is if you recognize what God has done for you. That you have a greater view, a greater understanding of who God is. So he says, no one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Morning by morning, I will destroy, put to silence, right? And by the way, that's morning by morning, that's when he would have dealt with these. Every morning... 
Right? These issues, different issues would have been brought before the king. And so he's letting, you know, every day, I'm going to take care of these issues. And I, he doesn't say once a week I'm going to take care of these issues or once a month. He says morning by morning, every day I'm going to wake up. And yes, I know that's when my people bring these issues before me and I'm going to deal with them. And he tells them that. We learn a lot from David about spiritual integrity here. But this is something I want to make sure that we grasp. It says spiritual integrity propels us into greater intimacy with God, guiding our decisions and increasing our influence. And for some of us, we need to grasp that. We need to ask ourselves if we're people of spiritual integrity. We need to be mature enough To ask and to evaluate what's pushing us away from God. Please hear this. Um, God doesn't ask us to manage our sin. He a- the word of God asks us to destroy our sin. Do you see the difference? This is big. All right, like this is, we got to get this. God doesn't ask us to manage our sin. Hey, I'm going to let that camp out with me for a while, and I'll just try to maintain it. He asks us to destroy it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes, please. What is in your life, what sin that you're managing rather than destroying? It's not in your notes. That was a three o'clock in the morning thing. So write it like seriously, we need to know this. Are you managing your sin or are you destroying your sin? Are you giving it to God? Are you running away from it? And so this is what we learn from. Here's what we, we, we learn that we have to evaluate certain things. This is just to summarize it. Make sure we're getting it. We need to evaluate. There it is for you. We need to evaluate where we look. We got to evaluate, right? Write it down. We need to evaluate where we're looking. We need to evaluate who we're listening to. This is what he's saying in this chapter. This is what he's letting us know. And we need to evaluate who we spend time with. There's great questions for you to go home this afternoon and go, you know what, guys, who we're spending time with, who we're listening to, what we're looking at, what is that saying about who we are? And ask yourselves that as a family. And is it propelling you as a person of spiritual integrity? And here's what stands out to me so much, and this is what I want to make sure we have an opportunity to look at. If you go back through this passage... This is, this is what it says. I think, I think it's like eight different times. Listen to this. It says, it begins with these two words. I will. Like, this is the king going, you know what? I'm planting my feet. Wide stance. Not moving. This is what I'm willing to do. 
right? This is like, oh, okay, game's on. I will sing of steadfast love. Same verse, I will make music. Verse 2, I will ponder the way that is blameless. I will, I will pay attention to the way that is blameless. I will look to the way that is blameless. He says it again, I will walk with integrity. I will walk with integrity in my house. I will not let lust, I will not let greed, I will not let selfishness, I will not let anything of Satan pull me away from my wife who God has ordained that I be married to so that we can project the power of Christ. I will not allow it. Here's the king. This isn't some schmuck, okay? This is the king who's planting his feet in the ground and saying, this is what I will do. I will not set my eyes before anything that is worthless. I will not do it. I will not do it. This is what he will do. I will hate the work of those who fall away. He says, I will know nothing of evil. I'm not going to let it camp out with me. I'm not going to camp out with it. I'm not going to know anything of it. I will destroy those who are slandering other people. I will not endure the arrogant of heart. I will look with favor on the faithful. And I will destroy all the wicked in the land. This, for me, when I look at this passage, this is David making a declaration of going, because I've recognized now who God is, I've made every mistake there is, because I see it, I'm making a declaration. I will praise the name of the Lord. I will not let evil cling to me. I will not look at anything that is sinful. I'm not going to do it. And he's, he's got this pledge. And you know nobody's going to mess with him. He's the king. Don't you wish we had that type of political leadership today with everybody? Well, how about we let it start with us? And there are some of us today, we're hanging out with people who are influencing us towards Satan, away from God. Some of us, we're not looking at the right things, and we need to make a commitment to God. We need to say, I will. I will, the Shema, I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, soul, and body. I will not be pulled away from who he is. And we just need to muster it up. We need to grow some spiritual courage, right? It's called spiritual fortitude. And so I'm going to ask that you do this. I'm going to ask that you stand with me. And I'm going to ask that you today, right now, you know if it's there. You know if God is asking you to declare an I will. And I'm going to invite you to respond to that. And the way that we're going to respond to that is I'm asking for you to come and surrender whatever God is wanting you to surrender to him. And then to declare, I will not allow that to be a part of my life. And I'm asking you to come forward and just in prayer offer it at the altar. We don't often, we don't really do that very much. But God is calling us to more. And when I say more, I'm not talking about that building. I'm talking about people's lives, hearts being transformed by the power of God. That's more.
And so I'm asking for you to make a declaration. I will turn away from evil. I will not look at anything that is perverse, that is wrong. And as we have that opportunity, some of you may want to kneel where you are. Some of you may want to raise a hand, but I'm inviting you to come forward. Surrender it to God for a moment. Just call it out to him. Just privately say, God, I will not do this anymore. I will not. I will not. I will not. But this is what I will do. I will be blameless. And so I want us to take that opportunity right now. But first, let me just start us in prayer and calling out to God. Lord, I thank you for the powerful message that you give us from David to say what he is willing to do, but also what he's not willing to do, all because he's seen who you are. And so we call out for the courage. We call out to have the strength that we need to live like that as well. To be people of spiritual integrity. In Christ's name, amen.